With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Now available at Dundrum Town Centre. So you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens. All right, welcome to the pilot episode of the Weekend Warrior Podcast. I'm Pat Lane. And I'm Mike Langone. Let's get right into it. All right. So what do you got? All right, so as of now, as of recording at least, mm-hmm. the Celtics are up two games to nothing after a ridiculous comeback in game one and then a ridiculous game in game two. Yep. Uh, and right now they're just playing kind of unbelievable, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's the problem. Okay, people are saying, let's trade for Paul George. It's going to put us over the top. We're going to beat Cleveland. People right now are saying we're going to beat Cleveland now, which is just lunacy. Mm-hmm. We're not going to beat Cleveland right now. Maybe a game. Maybe two. Maybe. But no chance in a series. I don't know. I think they could take them to seven. I really do. I don't know. I, I, the way that they're playing, and it's so like, I don't know, It's they're emotional, and they're, they're playing at a different level. And now everyone's stepping up. It's not like the first two games against Chicago. Now everyone's stepping up. Horford's playing better. Um, Crowder had a good game. Bradley's been... I think Bradley's the most underrated player in the league. I agree with you on that. Bradley is probably the most underrated player yeah. in the league. And, um, and Thomas, 53 last night. And he... Uh, sign him up. I Max t- him up. IT's unbelievable. <laughs> He's been unbelievable. But uh, the only problem that I have is... What do you do about LeBron? How do you stop? Well, you don't stop LeBron. But how do you not let LeBron beat you? Destroy well, you? It's not so much him. It's the other guys. It's Irving. And you got to, you know, love not so much. But it's J.R. Smith. You know, he's Tristan always Thompson. open in the wings. Yeah, and Thompson. you got to out-rebound that guy. Right. So I well, think the- if you can contain some of those guys, then... And plus home court. Everyone forgets they have home court. That's true. And, and I don't know. I, I think they play better at home like most teams do. But they can steal one in Cleveland. Done it before. so That's true. I mean, I yeah. I just over a seven-game series. I'm not sold on a seven-game series. Five, maybe six. But I'm not sold on a yeah. seven. I just think, I think you in order to win any games... You have to win the love matchup, obviously. You would think Horford wins the love matchup anyways. Mm-hmm. So he has to not only win that matchup, but kind of dominate that matchup. And it's really love and Thompson is really kind of his matchup. Yeah. So it's like he has to outplay. Neither of those guys can play better than right. Horford or even as good as Horford. And then IT has to at least play as good as Kyrie, if not outplay him. Which I think he can. Which he can. You're yeah. right. I just don't know if he can do it at a consistent enough level. And, and if you put Bradley on Irving, 
Yeah, that's, there's a way to contain him. You see, I think I'd put Bradley on LeBron. You could do that, too. Crowder plays LeBron pretty well, though. I just... I'm out on Jay Crowder. Yeah. I just... I'm not I am too, but... You know, he... For what he... For what he is, you know... For what it's worth, he... Yeah. I suppose you know. that's true. I mean, it's true. He's not terrible. Right. I just... He's just so trick-or-treat. It's like... Right. Two points one game. 25 the next game. That's very true. He's so streaky, you know? And, um... I don't know, but... I think they can... Well, let's get through, um... Washington first, right. but which I think they, they, I think Washington's broken at this point. <laughs> yeah. You would have to think yeah. that Washington's in a lot yeah. of trouble and at this. Don point. Wall had a hell of a game last night too. Well, that's really the part of it, right? Yeah. Is that Wall's their best player? Mm-hmm. He had a hell of a game. Bradley Beal sucks, and they still lost. Yeah. And that's the thing. Well, that's <laughs> that's you listen to it, and Bradley Beal's supposed to be their second best player on their team. Yeah, and he was terrible last yeah. night. He had. Wall had that contested shot at the buzzer in mm-hmm. regulation, and Beal got the rebound and had a wide open shot from the from the elbow, and he airballed. Yeah, and he didn't just miss; yeah. he airballed at the buzzer yeah. in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's that's unbelievable. I can't I can't see anyone else in the league doing well. I said, okay, I mean that's a little hyperbole there, but yeah, not many the playoffs, guys you know. not many guys are doing that. Certainly yeah. not guys that are supposedly. The second best player in the series is mm-hmm. what we heard before the series started. Yeah. That their two guys are better than everyone on your team. Yeah, which is garbage, obviously, yeah. as we clearly see now. Um, but yeah, it ha- has been unbelievable, mm-hmm. and I think Jalen Brown has stepped up a lot as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, so I see that from Jalen Brown, which I'm happy about, and uh, and that's kind of leads me into my next point. So I know we're in the middle of the season. But I, I'm already thinking about next year because, mm-hmm. as I said, I don't I don't feel confident about the Cleveland matchup. Maybe we win, you know. Maybe we take a few games. I don't see how you beat. I just don't see how it happens. Um, and so maybe you do it, but I I don't think so. And so for me, this off season, the most the three most important important assets on your team are the three Brooklyn picks. Mm-hmm. So one of them you used last year and got Jalen Brown. One of them this year, you'll find out May 19th, I think the date is, when you find out yeah. what lottery pick you're going to have. And so who you're going to draft there. And then you have 2018's Brooklyn pick. Those three assets are the most valuable assets you have. Now, you have Thomas, but Thomas is a free agent after next season. So you can say he's your most valuable player right now, which clearly he is, mm-hmm. but he's not your most valuable asset because you have to sign him you have to make a decision on him at some point. Yeah, you know these young guys you have signed for years to come. They are the future of your team, guaranteed, unless you trade them away. My priority is those three pieces. Now, yeah. what it turns into this year, who knows? What it turns into next year, who knows? But you have Jalen Brown on your team right now. He looks like just watching him. Certainly in the playoffs, he looks like just watching him. Here's a kid who could be. You know, maybe not Kawhi Leonard, but close to that level. He plays mm-hmm. tough defense, yep. which you don't see from a lot of those small forwards, James Harden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, he, and he's elite. He has elite athletic ability offensively. And that's the thing is that when he came out, they all said, this kid can't shoot. Yeah, He's an athletic player. He's long. He mm-hmm. sucks at shooting. 
that was all we heard. So I'm like, oh my god, Danny Jack's another freaking guy that can't shoot. Like, yeah. what the hell are we doing? And he comes out, and all of a sudden he can shoot. And so mm-hmm. he is to me right now your most important piece, and you have to think long term about building around this guy. And the other part of it too is that LeBron's getting older, right? Right? He ain't getting any younger. And so at some point, LeBron's going to start to decline. And when that happens, hopefully you're still on the incline. And now, you know, you've been at that one, two spot in the East. LeBron starts to decline. And all of a sudden, now you are in the one spot and you're in the finals every year. Or maybe not every year, but you're at least in the top four every year. Yeah. You know? And so you have an opportunity to go on a run with. You know the the core that you have right now, while you're still winning, obviously, yeah. right? That's at least where I'm standing. And so, if you trade one or two of those Brooklyn picks for Paul George, or Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. or somebody like that, not only are you giving up on the player this year or next year, and you're committed long term now to Jimmy Butler or Paul George, and by committing long term to Jimmy Butler or Paul George. You're now taking Jalen Brown and burying him on the bench. Mm-hmm. So now you've got you've brought in a guy to replace one of your Brooklyn picks, and you got that guy by by trading the Brooklyn pick. So now you've wasted two of your most important assets to get a guy who, in my opinion, either neither of those guys put you over the top right now. No, they're pretty much in the same spot they are right now. I mean, I. I I, for one, I don't think that they were even thinking about being where they are right now in this in this part of the rebuild, if you want to call this a rebuild. Right. I thought they'd still be tanking. This is the right. third year. It's crazy. And, and, or fourth year, actually, um, in, in the Stevens era. But, like, it's a pretty nice position to be in. The number one in the East. They have the number one odds for the lottery. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it might be the same next year. You know they could have they could have game seven against Washington, and then a, a couple of days later the lottery, and then game one of the Eastern Conference Finals at home. Yeah, it, it's it's really I mean it really is unbelievable. It's unprecedented. And the yeah. only actually the only thing that they said was similar '86 mm-hmm. when the Celtics won the championship and had the number one overall pick and drafted Lenny Bias, and then yeah. of course he died. Yeah, but you know. That's that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. That's the last time that someone was in this position and had that draft pick, which yeah. is just stupid. I mean, the fact that, and like you say, you know, in this league, it's tanking. You have to tank to yeah. become good, unless you build like Golden State built. You know, and even still, with Golden State, they weren't good. They were never great, but they built. You know, Curry was I think number nine overall, and you know, Draymond wasn't a super high pick and neither was Clay Thompson. So they were all kind of middle of the road guys. They weren't and none of them were top yeah. three guys, you know? But at the same time now the Celtics can actually compete in deep into the playoffs and still end up with a top three pick, which yeah. is just ridiculous. So every team wants to be <laughs> right. Know? I mean it's a situation everyone it's, wants. It's tanking without actually having to tank. Yeah. It's Let someone else do the tanking for you. Right, exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> Nets will take care of that. Right, it's unbelievable. And you yeah. just you look back at that, at the Pierce trade, and you just think like, what were how they the hell did they pull who, that who off? Who says yes to that? It's unbelievable. But the thing is, what's interesting about it, it's almost like, it's almost like a like a Madden thing. Like like if you had made the trade on Madden, 
and they're like, or NHL. So the NHL, you know, 12 or something like yeah, that, yeah. where you can trade your pick five years from now. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'll trade my first round pick five years from now. Yeah. Who the hell cares about five years? I'll figure it out by then. <laughs> you know, and then, holy crap, I really suck in five years, and here we are, yeah. you know? And so it's it's really kind of a staggering that they did that, but you they, know? Who they traded for? It was KG, Pierce, and what? Jason Terry. What right. are you doing? They traded their future... To try to win a championship right now. With guys who pass their prime. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. One of the worst trades possibly in the history of basketball. I think it is. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Regardless if these picks work out or not. Right. Still. <laughs> well, because you had an opportunity to be in the lottery mm-hmm. years in three years in a row to be in the lottery. And you traded all of them away for guys that... By the time they make their second, by the time the Celtics make their second pick, every person involved in the trade will be retired. Yeah, I mean that's just yeah. unbelievable, <laughs> right? Before the yeah. Celtics made their first pick, everyone but one guy was retired, right? And he wasn't on the team anymore, obviously. And so you just like, man, I a, mean, they got a year out of Pierce. They made the playoffs, right? And a year and a half Good regarding that, and I think Jason Terry was there a year. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> It was not pretty. But it worked out unbelievably for the Celtics. Couldn't have been better for the Celtics. Yeah. And not only could it not have been better for the Celtics, but Pierce and Garnett, who Pierce was so important to the team, mm-hmm. and Garnett was such a team guy when he came here, yeah. it was it was nice to kind of send them out that way. Right, Because yeah. you said, we're not very good. We're going to trade you to a team that's a semi-contender. They have a chance. And if you guys go there, maybe they have a better chance. So, okay, we'll send you there. You have an opportunity. You're not playing with LeBron or anything like that. Ty Lue, did you hear Ty Lue came out the other day and said that uh, they asked KG to join Cleveland last year? I heard that. And he said no. Like, oh, my Lord, that would have been (laughs) unbelievable. But you didn't do that, right? You didn't go freaking join those guys like Ray Allen did, right? Right. They went, they did their own thing. Yes, they didn't do anything, but at least you gave them an opportunity and you said, hey, look, we're in the rebuilding stages. You guys are still trying to win something. Let's just, let's part ways. And they parted amicably and everyone was happy about it. And yeah, it kind of adds to their legacy too. It's like, we got these picks. Well, that's, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the championship. (laughs) And you'll both get your numbers retired. Right. It's unbelievable. It's so totally true. Mm -hmm. So, but with the assets... In my opinion, the number one move they need to make in the offseason is trade for Carmelo Anthony. Okay. And the reason why, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> saying those words hurts me, <laughs> pains me. But the reason why is because they're asking for Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is the main piece of this deal. Jay Crowder. Oh, he would have been the main piece of the okay. um, Jimmy Butler deal. Well, him and... And the Brooklyn picks. The, well, yeah, the Brooklyn picks. Okay, either so, him or Bradley, and that was the holdup. Well, fine, but but here's the thing: the Brooklyn picks are the key to the Jimmy Butler deal, mm-hmm. right? The Carmelo deal, the best asset going over is Jay Crowder. Yeah, right, and two second round picks. I'll give you freaking four second round picks. We got thirty five guys stashed in Europe. We yeah. don't need any more freaking second round picks. Take them all. You can trade some of those. As far guys. as I'm concerned, right? Yeah, fine. Take some of those guys too. Yeah. They, you know, but so you trade basically Jay Crowder. Who put it this way? If Carmelo is an upgrade over Jay Crowder, 
the trade makes sense. I think Carmelo is an upgrade over. I mean, I, I think it's pretty hard to argue against Carmelo being an upgrade over Jay Crowder. Right, he's an elite yeah. wing scorer, guy that's averaged twenty points his entire career. Mm-hmm. Will continue to average twenty points his entire career, and now you've solved the problem for Isaiah with, which is what Cleveland's going to do. And the, the reason why I think the Celtics won't beat Cleveland is that they're going to just double Isaiah and say, "Make someone else beat us." Yeah, and none of those other guys can beat a team one on one. They can't do it. You put the ball in Isaiah's hands and say, "We're going to guard you one on one." He'll beat you. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's covering him. But no other guy on this team can do that. But if you pick up a guy like Carmelo, you can't do that to Isaiah because Carmelo can do that to you if you let him. Uh, he does fit the system, I guess, like because he loves to shoot, and this is a team that shoots. I mean, I'm so off and on on that. Like last year, I was all about it. And this year, like, not so much, cause, just because I don't think anyone gets you over Cleveland, including Carmelo or Butler or George. It, it's going to be when LeBron retires, unless there's a fluke year where, you know, they, they get by him. It could be this year, but I don't know. The last team from the East to beat LeBron was the 2010 Celtics. It's insane. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So... I mean, he's so that was a long time ago. He's getting old too; a lot of mileage. He's been playing since he was eighteen. So, That's but true. I don't know. With Carmelo, he gets you that score, and it kind of takes the focus away from Isaiah, which is what you're saying. It, it's a personality thing too. Can he adapt to, you know, a, a team? A team, <laughs> right? Well, that's. I mean, that's the only concern. And and by the way, you're right. He doesn't put them over the top. And I'm not saying he puts them over the top. Right. I don't think if you get Carmelo, you automatically win the East. I think mm-hmm. that's foolish. But he's a placeholder for you. Yeah. Because again, as I said, just to go back to what I was saying earlier, the three biggest assets you have are the three Brooklyn picks: mm-hmm. Jalen Brown from last year, who's a small forward, who again, Paul George. Not going to put you over the top. Jimmy Butler, not going to put you over the top. But you're committed long-term if you're trading one of those Brooklyn picks to get one of those guys, which means you're burying burying Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you trade for Carmelo, well, now you're not burying Jalen Brown. Yeah, okay, Jalen Brown's not ready yet. He's, you know, I think you're going to see him go to about 10 to 15 minutes a night next year. Yeah. And then maybe about, you know, he might be ready for about 20 minutes a night the year after that. And then he'll be ready to be, hopefully, at least, if if the progression continues the way it should be, mm-hmm. he'll be ready to be an elite scorer, yeah. an elite player. Well, guess what happens in two years? Carmelo's contract runs out. Yeah. So the next two years, before Brown is ready to really step in and be a contributor, Carmelo's in playing that wing, elite scorer. Does he play defense? No. Does he work hard? No. no. He, but, could, he could here, though. Like He's got to think about it, too. He's getting older. doesn't have a championship. He's been to the conference finals once. You know, it's... Legacy's everything in the NBA. And if he realizes that, you know, maybe it could work out. Well, and that's the biggest thing, is that you say to the guy, look, the best chance you have, mm-hmm. short of you going to Cleveland, right. or Golden State... There's no room for you on Cleveland. There's no room for you on Golden State. 
LeBron there's, will make room for him. Well, that's true. Good point. <laughs> but just tell him, there's no room beyond Cleveland. Yeah. Even if there is, there's no room. You don't want to play with LeBron. Plus, it's always been him versus LeBron. Right. So if it's him versus LeBron, because they came out the same year, right, then he if he wins a championship with LeBron, that just doesn't count. Right. You know, they're not gonna, no one's going to give him credit for that. That's LeBron's championship, and Carmelo just won one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they look like. So, so you look at it and say, okay, Cleveland's out. Golden State's got no room for you, even though again they make room for him. But we'll just say they have no room. Yeah, they they don't have room. San Antonio has no room for him because Kawhi plays small forward. You're not yeah. going to bump. You know, he's not going to play shooting guard. And Kawhi's they're they're not the type guard. of team to go out and get a guy like right. Carmelo. And their you know? their offense doesn't match what he what he does. Right. The Celtics do because they shoot a lot. Yeah, and that's who they are. And I'm with you on that. I watching the game last night was maddening at points where you just like they just throwing it up. They play that college style, and today. you know, and you miss, and you miss. I mean, it, the the both the best you're gonna do is forty percent. Mm-hmm. That's the best you're gonna do. Yeah, and actually, they shot about fifty percent game one, but you know, typically the most you're gonna do is like forty percent, and you just live with it because that's what happens. But man, it's so frustrating sometimes. But that's who they are, mm-hmm. you know, and that's who Brad Stevens wants them to be. They need a rebounder. Well, right. You can't shoot 45 threes a game Look, and I'm, not have a rebounder. I'm it's, with you 100%. It, like, I think their lineup last night, it was all small guys in the fourth quarter. It was. It was like Horford and... Horford and well, four and Horford small was the only guys. big guy, yeah. Right, yep. And Rozier got a lot of minutes. He's good. I like him a lot. Well, you know what? I was, I, I've, I've been thinking more about him. He looks on the floor, not his necessarily his style of play, but just his body type. He looks like Rondo on the floor. Yeah. You know, the shot will go up, and all of a sudden, this guy who's like all legs and arms leaps over everyone and grabs it. I'm like, who the hell was that? Yeah. And it's the point guard, Rozier. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And so, that's a good guy to have as your Mm -hmm. backup point guard. I don't know if he'll ever get to that point where he'll be good enough to be the starter. Certainly not if Isaiah's on the team. Right, and then you got Marcus Smart there too. Yeah, screw that. But, <laughs> but we'll get we can get more into Marcus Smart if you want. But I'm 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 all set with Marcus Smart playing point guard. When Marcus Smart plays point guard for this team, when he plays the point yeah. and he brings the ball up and leads it, they're terrible. Has he ever hit a three in his life? He's hit a few. <laughs> if you shoot him enough, you're gonna go in eventually. He was worse in the league percentage wise <sighs> out of uh, you know qualifying. And he shots. just keeps shooting. Just keep shooting. And he just, I mean, he drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Drives me nuts. And he plays hard. He's a hustle guy, and he's an agitator, and yeah. he does a lot of things. And But, but like, point guard? No. Yeah. Not a, not my yeah. point guard. He If he wants to play shooting guard, even though he doesn't shoot well, but he's that agitated guy comes up the bench. Bruce Bowen. Yeah. Bruce Bowen's a good example where Bowen was, you know, he could shoot. At the end of his career, he could shoot. Mm-hmm. But he was such an elite lockdown defender that you'd put him on the floor and he, just because he was so good at defense. Yeah, right. Like that Tony it didn't Allen, matter. too. Exactly, right. So one of those types of guys. Yeah. That's what Marcus Smart is. He's not a point guard, in my opinion. And so, you know, so to me, Rozier steps in kind of as that as your number two point guard. And I think he's done well in the playoffs, as has Jalen Brown, as I said. I mean, yeah. You know, the young guys have really kind of shown out a little bit, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really good to see. Yep. So, but we'll see. And that's the other thing about Carmelo. If you look at Melo, he's averaging between six and eight rebounds a game. 
Yeah. So there's another guy who, yes, he's not a big guy. He's not necessarily going to play right. down low, but he does get a decent amount of rebounds yeah. as well. So he'll get in there and get the rebounds. He's not banging down low, working his ass on yeah, the rebounds, yeah. obviously. But, you know, but he's down there. He's a decently big body who can who can get some rebounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then Yabu coming out of the freaking Chinese League, wherever the hell he was Is last year. Is that French Draymond? Yeah, yeah, yeah French Draymond. Okay. Yeah, French Draymond, <laughs> yep. It's, we just call him French Draymond because yeah. Yabuselli is just too hard. To, <laughs> we'll just screw it. French Draymond. And I think he's. I think actually he was with Portland for a little while, uh, the Red Claws. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. So Yeah, he was. I, I saw some highlights. Right, and so pretty... so we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. he might be on the team next year, and there's your rebounding problem, the 6'9", yeah. freaking Jared Sollinger, but not quite yeah, as fast. Seven draft picks last year. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But... Um, but anyways, we'll see. I mean, and we'll see what happens the rest of the series. I'm sure that by the time we do our next episode, hopefully either they'll be just finishing off Washington or just starting up on Cleveland or maybe even Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even. I think Toronto's not even going to win a game. <laughs> I watched a. Uh, I I watched a uh, a clip of LeBron spinning the ball in his hand during the game, like mid play. He's just standing at the three at the three point line, spinning the ball at his hand. He's like, "Oh, I guess I'll shoot it." Buries it, and it was just like <laughs> Toronto just has no chance. Just slap in the face every, to the Eastern Conference. Just zero Disney. chance. <laughs> so that's the end of that. So yeah. so Toronto is done. Probably four games again. Probably. That was what I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So Toronto's four games. They're out. Cleveland sits around and waits. Probably now. I think the Celtics could take care of business in five, maybe six games. I yeah. think. It's possible that Washington puts a seven. I'm interested to see what happens um, in Game Three. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to me because that will really tell you how Washington feels and yeah. how they're mentally how they are right now. Yeah. Because I, as you said earlier, like mentally right now, they got to be all sorts of messed yeah, up. Yeah, they were broken in overtime. They lost by ten in overtime. <clears throat> they got smoked. Yeah. And they should have won that game. Something yeah. should have lost. And mm-hmm. and they end up winning by ten. It was just yeah. it was bad. And so if I'm that team saying we started off sixteen to nothing in game one yeah. and we had a thirteen point lead in game two mm-hmm. and we just couldn't do it. We yeah. just couldn't we just couldn't get there. And the Celtics at one point in the fourth quarter had like a seven point lead in game two and then uh Washington went on like a thirteen oh run and was yeah. up like six and then the Celtics, yeah, the Celtics came back came right entirely. Back. Yeah. It was just like they just couldn't put them away, yeah. and if I'm if if I'm them, I'm just looking at it like Jesus Christ, we just we can't freaking beat this team. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see what happens to them game three. But if they if they lose game three, I mean it's they over. get swept. It's over, yeah. You know I mean, but we'll see what happens. Yep. So so that'll be interesting. Yeah. So all right, you want to shift gears a little? Yeah. Away play. from the yeah. away from the uh, Celtics and move towards the uh, towards the NFL draft. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've agreed. We talked about this earlier. I think we agreed. Pretty much everybody is stupid and Pretty has much. no idea what the hell they're doing. Pretty much. Uh, top of my list on there would be Chicago. Um, yeah. I don't know how Chicago doesn't top everybody's list on absolute dumb. Oh, Mark Mark Bertrand, however, thinks they were really smart hmm. because they went for it. That's a hot take. They they went for it, man. <laughs> they they saw their quarterback. And they went for it. The people in front of them weren't going to draft no, them and weren't going to trade out. 
That's what teams do. They make that's why quarterbacks still get drafted in the top three picks. At this point in time in the league, quarterbacks should be like unless it's a really special player, you know, like Andrew Luck in RG three, which we we won't get into a Redskins fan. Um, but uh, like I just feel like right now, quarter that position is like a second round, third round type of position now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Look, the, look at last year. Wentz was okay, but kid for the Rams was yeah, trash. Not so. good. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that the problem is, is if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. That's the problem. Right. Right. And so, because of that, teams panic, as you said, and they go after that guy and they say, mm-hmm. "Okay, we're close, but we can't win without a quarterback. So we have to get the next guy, mm-hmm. whoever that next guy is." Right, we have to get that next guy. Whether it was Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round, Dak Prescott drafted in the fourth round. Yeah. So you start looking at these guys who are successful in the league, and we talked about it. I mean, half the quarterbacks in the NFL are not first round picks. Yeah. And so you look at it and you say, man, or they're first round picks that are on different teams now, mm-hmm. starting for different clubs. Alex Smith. Did not work out in San Francisco, and has been pretty good in, in Kansas City. Now they're not going to win a championship with Alex Smith in Kansas no. City, but he's in. They were in the playoffs every year. He's a decent, serviceable quarterback. Yeah, you know, I mean, you look at these guys and you say, realistically, how often do you hit on a top ten quarterback? It just doesn't happen very no. often, and so that's why, in my opinion, if you're given a trade. I don't care who the guy is. And you say, well, what if he's the next Brady? Well, how do you know he's the next Brady? Because mm-hmm. when Brady came out, he certainly wasn't the next Brady no. when Brady came out. Right now, he had the intangibles, but we've all seen the combine tape. Yeah. Okay? It wasn't pretty. No. We'll just be honest. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> okay? And so nothing about that screamed greatest quarterback of all time. Right. Right? Nothing. Not one thing on that tape. And you could say, well, he had the elite intangibles and this and that. But if the Patriots saw it and really believed it, they wouldn't have waited until 199 to draft. Right. So nobody really saw it. Now, you know, they got the old story with Dick Rabine and everything like that. And he saw him and vouched for him and was like, we have to draft this guy. And they wanted to draft him in the fifth round. And they drafted somebody else instead. And he was still there in the sixth. So they took him. And they would have taken him earlier if they hadn't signed the guy. And But, you know, but they didn't know he was there. You know, although... That's not totally accurate. Someone knew. That he Someone was knew. Yes, you're right. One guy. <laughs> Who was it again? I believe he. Um, they already had a quarterback at the time. Oh right. But they so they couldn't draft. Oh, Brady you're totally had, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Peyton Manning. Oh, uh, Peyton Manning. Right. <laughs> they drafted him early. Number one pick the year before. Yeah. So how could you turn around yeah, and then draft? Their advanced scouting. Man? Yeah, you know they had him first round grade, but they said, you know what? One quarterback's enough. <laughs> we don't need a second elite quarterback. Right. We just need one. Right. It's no point. You know, I mean, we couldn't draft that guy and trade him. That wouldn't make any sense. Should we get Ryan Leaf? Yeah. <laughs> it's just... No, we'll get Peyton Manning, but, you know, we'll take a look at this Brady kid in a few years. It's just... Damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's that's might be my favorite. He, he, tried, he said that. I was like, my mouth at the floor. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're that stupid? You, you think someone's going to believe that? It 17 years later. My God. Because... Fine, you had a first round grade on the guy. If he went in the third round, okay, I'm with you on that. Maybe you did and you didn't draft him in the first or second round. Yeah. Fine. But 
He went in the sixth round. Right. You would think in the fourth or fifth round that you draft that guy because you don't tell Peyton Manning you had a first-round grade on him. <laughs> ah, he's just some guy. Look, we needed a backup quarterback. It yeah. was the fourth round. We figured this kid's pretty good. We'll draft him as the backup. And in the back of your head, you're like, this kid's a first-round guy. Screw you. Yeah. No chance. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Can't dump on Bill Polian enough. As mo- as pretty much any Patriots fan yeah. should, and any NFL fan, in my opinion, should be dumping on Bill Polian as much as possible. But that's neither here nor there. But anyways, the thing about the Bears, it's not just that they traded up to number two. It's not just that a brand new first week on the job, not the first week, but you know what I mean. First week on the job, GM totally swindled them out of three picks. Zero front office experience. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Former NFL player, no front office experience whatsoever, Mm -hmm. swindled them out of three picks. A third, a fourth, and a third next year. It's like, what are you doing? For a guy that they didn't want. San Francisco moved down one place, picked up three picks, and drafted the guy they were going to draft at number two. It's not a well-run league. <laughs> they had no takers for that. <laughs> so fine, you make that ridiculous move, but you say, listen, had to get the guy. This is the guy. But wait a second. We just spent $18.5 million guaranteed this offseason two months ago. Mm-hmm. On a backup quarterback, we think is going to be the guy. I don't understand. It, it's it's not like he's a veteran, so he can men, mentor uh, Stravinsky. But I don't I don't get it. You just I mean clearly right. It was a panic move. John Fox came out and said he didn't know until an hour before the draft that they were even going to draft Stravinsky. So what the hell were you thinking? At, at a certain point, you just say, what are we doing? Or at the very least, you say, okay, if he falls to us at three, then we take him. Yeah. But you don't give up all those picks to then turn around and it just it just makes no sense. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not the only team that's like that, but it's that's, that's pretty bad. I mean, <laughs> that's one of the worst. That's one of the worst ones. I think Cleveland did a nice job. Cleveland did. Well, that's yeah. the thing is that, you know, people were dumping on Cleveland again for not taking a quarterback in the first round. Right. But you're at 12, and this is the thing about Jimmy G, and we'll get into Jimmy G mm-hmm. later, but but at 12, at one, you drafted the guy. You had to draft Miles um, Garrett. At number yeah. one. You had to. He was the best player. He may not pan out, but he was, without a doubt, the best player in the draft. Mm-hmm. So you had to draft him at number one. I don't care what you needed at quarterback. You had to draft the guy. Yeah. And then at 12, you turn around and say, okay, what are we going to do? Deshaun Watson's still on the board. Do we think Deshaun Watson's legit? Do we not? Now, I know for a fact that they wanted to trade back up into the top 5 or 10 to draft Trubisky. They were high on Trubisky, so they wanted him. Clearly, Chicago took him at 2. It wasn't going to happen, right? If it if he had lasted to 4 or 5, probably not 4 because... Jacksonville won for net of four, so probably five is where he where they would have drafted him if yeah. they had an opportunity to. Obviously, it didn't. So they looked at it at 12, and they were kind of scrambling, and they said, well, we don't know what we want to do, so let's get the hell out of here, which is always the best decision. It's always yeah. the best decision. 
right? Yeah. If you don't love anyone in that spot, you trade down. Michael Felger, are you listening? <laughs> if you don't love anyone in that spot, you trade down. It makes sense. Yeah. Especially when the team you're trading with sends you a first-round pick next year. So they added another first-round pick. They added another, I think, was it fourth-rounder, I think? I think so. Third or a fourth. It, it was a, so... Might have been a third. I think it was a fourth, though. Okay, so either a third or a fourth. And then and you're still drafting at 25. So you yeah. only move down 13 spots. You pick up another first-rounder next year and a third or fourth-rounder this year for to move down 13 spots yeah. when you don't love anyone at 12 anyways. Yeah. Right? And then at 25, they take Peppers, who should work out to be a decent player. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think so. And, and look at that division, too. It, it's... It's not getting that much better. Well, and that's the other part. Steelers are getting old. They'll be rebuilding soon with, with Roethlisberger I mean, when he retires. You would think so. Yeah. You would think so. And the other part of it is that if you draft a quarterback in the top 10, you're set back three years. At least. Yeah. Because you're going to give that guy an opportunity because you drafted him in the top 10. Right. And if he sucks... Then you're stuck with him for a few years. It doesn't matter what happens. That's, you're stuck with him. That's my point. It, it's don't draft a quarterback. There's no quarterback that's worth it unless you can tell he's special. And Andrew Luck was that guy. And um, I think he was a starter right away, wasn't he, Andrew Luck? Luck started game one. Yep. And they went to the playoffs, too. Yep. So, I mean. <laughs> yes, they did. You know, it, it's, And then you look at all the other top ten quarterback picks in the last decade. Well, and that's, right? And that's the thing. As you said, maybe you don't know this yet, but Mike's a Redskins fan. Yes. As you said, there is <laughs> definitely an asterisk there with RG3. Yes. Mike Janian drove him into the ground, ruined his career. Mm -hmm. So that one is maybe on hold a little bit, right? We're not 100% sure what happened there, but... He, that rookie you know, year, he was unbelievable. That was actually a debate, RG3 or Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they won their last seven regular season games. They went to the playoffs and he tore his ACL and played most of the game. And they <laughs> lost. So that's what happens when you play the torn ACL. Oh, boy. It's your hockey player. That's yeah, true. You're then, then you're okay. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. Just rub some dirt on it. You're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, just so it's not things. just the Browns, but the Bills, shockingly, even though they fired the GM the next yeah, day. what's the deal with that one? <laughs> So, I'm sure you didn't have any say in the draft picks, but the well, timing of that's pretty... Yeah, so supposedly McDermott, who was their um, head coach, is the one that did the entire draft. Yeah. But what the hell are you doing with the GM? And I, I suppose maybe they didn't have time to draft, to, to you know hire a whole new GM and scouting staff. But this GM hired the new coach. Yeah. So it's not like the owner came in and hired the coach. This GM hired the coach, and then they fired the GM. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to fire the GM, maybe like fire him before he finds the next coach. You know? Yeah. Or like don't let him run your draft. <laughs> but even with that happening... Still, they traded out with Kansas City. Now, Kansas City trading up for Mahomes. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But from their perspective, I guess, from their perspective, they look at it and say, we don't have much time left. 
right? We got Alex Smith. We want to kind of continue on what we've been doing and maybe have a chance if, when and if Brady declines. And so you look at it and say, okay, well, if this kid is the next kid, he can learn from Alex Smith in the system mm-hmm. for the next two years. And then if you can replace Smith at that time, then maybe you have a chance in the yeah. AFC. I, I don't know. But I don't get it. I don't agree with it. Yeah. But I don't think any quarterback is worth a top 10 pick. Well, right. I mean, and that's really the biggest trading thing. up for, for one, you know? Right. And when you're giving up, and again, they gave up their first round pick next year. They mm-hmm. gave up more picks in this draft. So it's just like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You know, why are you doing that? You know, and so, you know, it, it, you just, you look at that and you just say, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But And with the Bills, so the Bills, even though they fired their GM, even though they have no idea what the hell they're doing organizationally, they still don't have a quarterback. Well, Tyrod Taylor, I guess, but Jesus. You know, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Sammy Watkins, so now he's walking after this year. So, you know, they're in flux. But with that being said, they trade back to 25. They pick up an extra first-rounder next year. They have their first-rounder and Kansas City's first-rounder next year. Like, okay, they're on the right track. Yeah. Seems like they're on the right track. I always feel like anytime you're trading down, you're making the right decision. Mm -hmm. Unless you're passing on someone... Ridiculous, right? And then you say, "Oh, well, look at this!" You know, Clay Matthews and the Patriots. Oh, they just got Clay Matthews. Nobody cares about Clay Matthews, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, but you know, there's that. The Browns. One more thing about the Browns that, that we forgot to mention was they actually traded up back into the first round. That's right. Let's see to that. get uh, Njoku, mm-hmm. right, the tight end from Miami. So a beast, who is a beast? Yeah, and that's really the thing is that. And again, to trade up, now they moved up into the first round, and the first round is key in the NFL now because you have that fifth round option, like I was talking about with Watkins. You have an opportunity to hold those guys for five years instead of just for four. Yeah. And that's a big advantage. If this kid is a monster, and this kid's really good, and you don't, you know, you don't want to re sign him already. You have a fifth-round option for this kid, and you gave up, I believe that they gave up one of the picks that they got to trade down originally. Yeah. So you didn't really give anything up. You just moved back up, right? and yeah. you drafted this guy, and now you have an option yeah. to keep him for five years. So, you know, good for the Browns. And they realized, too, by the way, they drafted Deshaun Kaiser in the second round. So they mm-hmm. they targeted a the quarterback. They just did it later. Yeah. And for the same reason you said, if this kid sucks... Then you just cut his ass. Right. He's a second round pick. Who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter, you know. And so, you know, that's really what you can do, and you can see what happens. And maybe they trade for Jimmy G next year. Maybe they don't. And they said we'll get into that Jimmy G, the whole Jimmy G conversation yeah. in, in a few minutes. But, um, you know, that's it. That's interesting. So, one of my favorite stories about the weekend was Reuben Foster. One of my favorite stories. And Reuben Foster, so he was pick 31, mm-hmm. and um, was actually drafted by the 49ers, who pulled off the trade with Chicago. Yeah. <clears throat> and they end up doing the same thing that Cleveland did, which is trading back into the first round. So <laughs> Reuben Foster's on the phone with New Orleans, who's drafting 32. Now, New Orleans knows Seattle's not drafting him at 31. Right? Seattle's already traded down from 29 to 31. Yeah. So you're thinking there's no way that Seattle's going to trade down again. Because why would they? But of course they do. Right? 
So he's on the phone with the Saints, and the Saints are talking about, oh, we're going to draft you, and we're so excited to have you. They went so far to have, they called his girlfriend to talk about living situations and where they can live and blah, 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 and all this kind of crap. And meanwhile, he gets a phone call, and he's like, oh, hold on a second. Click. And he's like, hey, this is the 49ers. We just traded the 31. We're drafting you. And he's like, what? <laughs> all right, sweet. So they asked him. They said, well, how was the conversation with the Saints after? He goes, I don't know. I hung up on him. So, <laughs> But it brings me back to one of my favorite Patriots draft stories. And, you know, I mean, as a Patriots fan, there's nothing better than seeing the Jets get crushed on something. And Matt Light, in 2001, was on the phone with the Jets. Really? The Jets are like, hey, we're so excited. We're going to draft you. We're, so, we're pumped about this. This is great. You're going to be your new left tackle. Start with whatever. Call, call Wade, and he's like, oh, what's this? Picks up the phone, Fox bro, hey, it's uh, Bill Belichick, we just traded up, we're going to draft you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right, sweet, screw you, Jets, you know, that's the way it goes. And so, uh, reminded me of one of my favorite stories, that's just a, that Matt Light yeah. story is one of my favorites, because obviously. Another time they F the Jets. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Anytime. <laughs> never <end>. Anytime <laughs> that can happen. Well, it's like the time where they convinced, uh, they convinced him that Dwayne Robinson, Dwayne Robertson was ridiculous as a defensive tackle, and yeah. fucking Jets traded up to draft him in like the top five, and he sucked. <laughs> it was <laughs> unbelievable. But you know, eh, well, it's the Jets. What are yeah. you gonna do? You know. Yeah. So I thought, uh, in my opinion, one of the best picks in the first round. Uh, what they didn't move at all, actually, but fell into their lap was OJ Howard at nineteen to to Tampa. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a team building around. Their young quarterback yeah. who went number one overall, right? And so whatever, but he looks pretty good. Yeah, he does. Right, and so maybe their quarterback maybe was worth it, maybe he wasn't. But you know, they signed Deshaun Jackson. They have Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. They have Cameron Brait, who was their tight end last year, was pretty good. And now you bring in a kid at nineteen. They drafted him. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of mock drafts had him going. In the top ten, mm-hmm. so at nineteen they draft OJ Howard, and uh, so that to me they crush that pick. Yeah. And so you know, good for them. I mean, building around them and Sean Jackson, like you know, I'm, I'm not sucks. sold on Sean Jackson, right? <laughs> I'm with you there. He sucks, but you know, it's another guy, right? I mean, you know, it's better than what they had opposite right. Mike one, Evans one last pl- year. One play wonder, right? Well, that's really All what he's he ever is, done is that right? one play against the Giants when he was with the Eagles. It was a hell of a play. It was a hell of a play, but... (laughs) Yeah. Other than that, he sucks. Well, yeah. All right. (laughs) That's true, I suppose. Well, listen, I'm glad you said suck, because uh, I want to segue into someone who sucks as well, and that would be uh, Flager and Mizzuti on uh, on 98 Battle of the Sports (laughs) Hub. I just wanted to kind of shit on them a little bit, if that's okay okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. uh, Especially the draft thing. Their draft stance is maddening. Basically, their draft stance is that the Patriots suck at drafting and will always suck at drafting no matter what they do. It doesn't matter. And so, it goes back years and years and years and just everything the Patriots do sucks. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is better at the Patriots than drafting and they suck at drafting. Basically, they want the Patriots to draft a first-round pick every year. And the Patriots always trade out of the first round because they're like, what the hell? Why why wouldn't we trade out of the first round, right? I mean, the perfect example was when they drafted Collins, I believe it was 2012, I think, I want to yeah. say. And they traded, they had 29 
with Minnesota, they had 29 and Minnesota won Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. Who, Cordero Patterson, what a little college story about Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson's so stupid that his freshman year, or the first year he was starting for Tennessee, no matter where they were on the field, he had to line up next to the Tennessee sideline so that the coaches could walk oh. over and tell him what to do on that play <laughs> before they ran the play. That's a true story. Okay, and by the time he was done with his career there, he had graduated to the point where the quarterback just had to tell him what he was doing in the huddle <laughs> before he went out to where he was going. So by the time he, I mean, he played a few years in college and he was in the same system and he still didn't know the plays years later. Never got quarterback had to tell him. <laughs> yeah, right, he was too busy, it's right? college, classes. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> So anyway, so the Patriots, now, he's made the Pro Bowl. He has made the he Pro Bowl start to his career. He's as a kick return. Yeah. As a kick return. Right. So, you know, I mean, one of those guys in the first round, I guess, is pretty good. It's like Forrest Gump. You right. have a kick return. <laughs> That's a good point. That's very true. You had the Forrest Gump in the first round. So, so, so at 29, they trade back from 29. They pick up a second, a third, a fourth, and a seventh. Second, they draft Jamie Collins. Third, they draft Logan Ryan. Fourth, they draft George Boyce. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Yeah. Seventh, they trade to Tampa Bay from the Garrett Blunt. So that trade was basically Cordero Patterson. Now, Felger Mads will tell you, they can't, you can't do this. You can't, you can't do this, right? You can't turn those draft picks into players. <laughs> but I'm going to do it, okay? We traded Cordero Patterson for Jamie Collins. We traded Cordero Patterson for Jamie Collins, Logan Ryan, and LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, I'll take it. And they never seem to get burnt. Any any trade that Belichick does, they never get burnt. Really, I can't think of a trade that they lost. I know one. One. One trade they lost. They traded up, and I think it was oh six. They in the second round they traded up and drafted Chad Jackson. Yeah. With Green Bay, they traded up, drafted Chad Jackson, and in the Patriots spot, Green Bay drafted Greg Jennings. The Patriots oh, passed yeah. on Greg Jennings. Yeah. So. I mean, you could say they lost the trade, but really they just drafted the wrong guy. Right. Right? They traded up to draft a wide receiver, they just drafted the wrong one. Right? So if they had traded up and drafted Greg Jennings instead of Chad Jackson, they would have won the trade, but obviously they drafted the wrong guy. Right? Yeah. But this goes back to them not loving the players that are there. Right? Not loving the guys on the board. So this year, nice big fat F from Felger this year (laughs) to the Patriots. Now, I'm with you. Okay, I get it. They drafted four guys. You think that all four guys suck. Oh, you can't even name them, blah, blah, whatever. I don't have to name them. Right. Okay, one played at Youngstown State. Like, who cares? I don't care where they played. Sounds like a football sport. Right, it does, doesn't it? So, you know, you never know. By the way, Antonio Garcia, well, I know one of their names, Antonio Garcia, he was a third-round pick, and he sounds, no, I've never seen him play. Yeah. Other than highlights, right? But sounds like Nate Solder. Tall, lean, athletic, Mm -hmm. and raw. That was Nate Solder coming out of school, right? And so if you can draft Nate Solder in the third round instead of in the first round, then that's a pretty good draft. Especially with now Nate Solder is in the last year of his deal, Mm -hmm. right? So if this kid comes in, plays well, Solar wants big money and the Patriots don't want to give it to him. Then you're out. This kid's in. We're good to go. Yeah. Right? 
So whatever, that's one pick. Now, whatever, the picks. The picks are the picks, right? The first round pick, they traded to the Saints for Brandon Cooks. I'm sorry, but at 32, you're not getting anyone better than Brandon Cooks. No. It's possible at number one, you're not getting anyone better than Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Right now, at least. Yeah. Certainly, certainly this year, I would say that none of the wide receivers in this year's draft class can have a better year this year than Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Right? Since his rookie year, three years ago, nobody has put up the numbers he had except for two guys. Well, three guys, including him. Him, OBJ, and Antonio Brown. And that's it. So the, when you look at his numbers, nobody is on his level except for those guys, at least for all three years, right? Maybe one guy's had one really good year but hasn't had it the other year, you know, whatever. But for all three years to be consistently good, they're the only three. Yeah. So if you're telling me this kid's Antonio Brown and you got him for number 32, I mean, like, kind of a no-brainer. And by the way, he's 23 years old. So he's like a year or two older than these kids coming out of school. you have him for what, like two years? Two more years. Yeah. So that's, now they'll tell you you can't do that. Because mm-hmm. you can't take a draft pick and turn it into a player. Because that's not, that's not allowed. Right? But they'll also tell you that they traded Brandon Cooks and Jamie Collins. They traded 32 and Jamie Collins for Brandon Cooks. Because they traded that third round pick they got for Jamie Collins. But wait a uh-huh. second. But you can't trade... You can't turn players into draft picks unless, of course, it helps their argument. And then you can. But then you can't when you want to do it back to them. So, and then if I have to listen to one of them say that they traded a second-round pick for Coney Ely one more time, I'm going to, like, jump out a window. Okay? They traded 64, number 64, for Coney Ely Mm -hmm. and number 72. 72 minus 64 is 8. So they moved down 8 picks. Now, did they get a second round pick back? No, they didn't. But the only reason they didn't get a second round pick back is because that was the last pick in the second round. Yeah. So they got the 8th pick in the third round for the last pick in the in the second round. What a trade. And they got Coney huh. Ely, right? Now, here's the thing about Coney Ely, right? Clearly he had fallen out of favor in, in, in Carolina. So he's not a great player. Okay. However, in the Super Bowl against against Denver, you could argue that he had just as good a game as Von Miller did. Von Miller was MVP of the Super Bowl, yeah. by the way. Okay, was really arguably the reason that they won that game. Mm-hmm. He had a sack. He had, I believe, he had four sacks. One of them was a strip sack. He had an interception. The kid was all over the field. Yeah. Now that's one game. Okay, so you can't base everything off of one game. But if the Patriots can get that out of him for three games, and all I care about is the AFC Divisional game, the AFC Championship game, and the Super Bowl. So if they can get that out of him for three games, and you move down eight spots to do that, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, well, we move down eight spots. And so if you're you want to say... do that anyways. Right, right, right. And that's the thing. And so if you'd move down eight spots, what are you going to get back? A fifth round pick? Yeah. So, okay, you want to tell me they traded a fifth round pick for Coney Ely? Fine. I'll accept that. Because that's probably the opportunity cost. It's a little uh, it's a little uh, economics there for you. Mm-hmm. If you, you want to tra- say that was the opportunity cost, fine. But don't tell me that they traded a second round pick for Coney Ely. Because now you're lying. You're just lying. Right. 
and they didn't draft in 72, they traded down. But that doesn't, that's not because of the Coney Ely trade. That's a separate trade. It's separate, yeah. Just, it, it, it tough to listen right to up my tailpipe yeah. on that one. But, <laughs> but they drafted a lot of edge rushers. And then, fifth round, RFA, they signed Mike Gillison away from Buffalo. They gave up a fifth round pick. And that's, that's what every team should do, is get rid of your picks for experienced talent. And right. Well, the only downside, and this is what they kept saying, and it's true, the only downside is that the draft picks are cheap and they're young. Right, yeah. So you can build around those guys because you have them for four you years for longer. nothing. I think Ely's here a year. Ely's here one year. Yeah. Right? Gillis Lee, I think they signed to a two-year deal. Yeah. And Cooks is for two years because they picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. But it's fine. Two years, whatever. Like, I don't right. care. If you got to sign him to a longer-term deal at that point, sign him to a longer-term deal. But if at 32 you felt like there was nobody there that you loved at 32, mm-hmm. well, then what the hell is the difference? Right. Who cares? You know? And they had a lot of guys in. I was pretty convinced they were going to trade back into the first round, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I thought they were going to trade Butler. I'm happy they didn't. I'm afraid that they're still going to. I don't know whether that's yeah. going to happen or not, but I'm afraid they're still going to. I can tell you that I highly doubt they would have gotten 32 for Butler. I think if had they gotten 32 for Butler, that they would have traded for him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were going to. And now with the Saints, because of all the morons in the top 10 drafting all the freaking quarterbacks... Right, the number one flipping corner went to them at eleven. So yeah. now they don't need to trade a first round draft pick for for uh, Malcolm Butler. So, right. so who their trading partner with Butler would be? I don't know. I don't know that. Right. The Jimmy G thing to me is the one thing I wish they had done. I know people are in and out on this one. I wish they had traded Jimmy G. Now the only problem is what is Brady's future? Right. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm speculating, right? I think Brady's going to play another three years. If Brady plays another three years, at some point you have to decide Jimmy G or Brady. And I don't know how you decide Brady. I don't know how you decide Jimmy G over Brady. I don't know how you do that, right? How could you How could you look at Brady? Let's say Brady does what he did last year. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, you have to now franchise Jimmy G. Pay him $20 million, which is fine. You want to do that, fine. But then you have him sit on your bench at twenty million dollars a year. What if Brady does the same thing for next year? Now, I don't, see, I don't think he. I don't. I, don't, I, I think he's got two years. I think this this year, like Super Bowl week, was the first time where I was like, "Wow, this this might end soon." And I just had that vibe, and I think you know next year he'll play. Uh, he'll he'll he won't retire after next year, but I I think two years, and that's why you keep Garoppolo. He's he knows the system. It'll be worth it if you have him on the bench for twenty million. You know, twenty million now isn't what twenty million was, you know, ten years ago. Well, it's certainly true. That's certainly true. The one thing I will say is that what I'd like to see them do, what I'd like to see them do, is if, if in fact next year, not this upcoming year, but if twenty eighteen is Brady's last year. I'd like to see them sign Jimmy to a long-term deal next year instead of franchising him. Sign yeah, him. which is an option. You know, and that's an option. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, if that's the case, then sign him. Now, what I also heard, and again, 
I want to be clear here, if you're listening, we don't have any actual sources. No. Okay? We're just listening to random people <laughs> on Twitter and stuff yeah. and whatever. You know what I mean? I've met Mike Reese once. That's kind of cool, right? But, like, you're not giving me any information. I don't know anything. Yeah. So, but what I heard, you know, a rumor basically is that the Browns were offering the Patriots a 2018 first-round pick for Jimmy G. Well, if the Browns are offering you a 2018 first-round pick, why the hell would you trade him this year? It doesn't make any sense. You have him under team control for two years because you can franchise him next year. So you're not going to trade him now and not have him as your backup quarterback. If he gets hurt, if Brady gets hurt, you're screwed. But I think that they would still be the favorite in the AFC even with Jimmy G at quarterback, which is Probably. ridiculous to think about. Probably. But they're so good, and people are high on Jimmy. And we saw what we saw last year. I think they still have a shot with him, whereas it's not, it's not true with Brissett. No. So I, I understand why you would want to keep Jimmy G one more year. Yeah. I see it. I get it. I understand it. I'm on board with it as long as you're telling me we understand we're going to make a decision. Because if you don't make... Let's say, let's just say, the crazy... Ha, the You know, it goes nuts. And they they franchise Jimmy G next year. He plays the year $20 million on the bench. Brady has another year like that next year. So he has a great year in 2017, a great year in 2018. Now we're in the 2018 offseason going in 2019. And the Patriots say... We still can't trade Jimmy G because yeah. we think he's the quarterback of the future. Are they going to franchise him again for $25 million? Like the freaking Redskins just did with Kirk Cousins, right? What the hell yeah. are we doing? So now you've paid this guy $55 million guaranteed to sit on your bench and never play a snap. And then, even if Brady retires after that year, Jimmy G's now a free agent. And you can't franchise him. Right. So now you have to sign him a long-term deal. It's like you're paying them $50 million to sit on your bench for two years so you have the right to negotiate with them. That's lunacy. I, I think they'll they'll set it up right. I think they'll sign him to a long-term deal before Brady retires. Well, and you, I, I think they're trying to gonna, they're going to try to get through this without doing a rebuild. Right. Which would be insane. <laughs> it would be unbelievable. Because the, the run's been long enough as it is. Well, at this point, <laughs> at this point, we're at 17 years at this point. Yeah. Right, so it's been 17 years since this started, and so 17 years later. Now, okay, Brady plays two more years. Now we're 19 years later, mm-hmm. and then if you can rebuild with, not even rebuild, just yeah. seamlessly bring in the next guy. Yeah. Holy Christ! Then we're looking at 30 years, and yeah. then it's just so, like it's almost like Belichick's setting things up for his successor. Well, and you look at it, I mean, Belichick can't coach forever. It's just like Brady. You know, at some point... I think they retire together. People say it's an interesting... Yeah, that's a conversation for a whole different time. That's like a whole separate podcast, right? (laughs) That's like, we could talk about that for a full hour, basically, you know? And so we'll see what happens with that, but it's that's definitely interesting. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens Mm -hmm. with... The Brady Belichick thing, but I think you're right. He's he's setting himself up for his predecessor, for yeah. his um, successor. successor. Because at a certain point, like I say, you know, 
they just can't, can't go forever. You just can't. Right. You know, you lose in it. You lose your edge at a certain point, right? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be. Uh, it'll certainly be interesting. Yeah. So, so anyways, in closing, the draft wasn't all that bad. Give it an F if you want to. That's fine. Give the draft an F if you want to. But realize that they use their draft picks in an unconventional way mm-hmm. to make their team better than they could have possibly done in the draft. Yeah. So you want to give them an F for the draft? Fine. But then you're still giving them an A-plus for the offseason. As a matter of fact, not only you're giving them an A-plus a for an offseason, but you're you're going above an A-plus because you're saying, I have no idea how they picked up Brandon Cooks. How the hell did they get him? <laughs> it's not like they drafted him. Right. They just traded for him, but I don't know what they traded because we can't talk about the draft picks they traded for him. So they just like he just materialized in thin air one day in Foxborough. One day Foxborough he wasn't there, the next day he was there, and we're like, How the hell did he get here? Well, I don't know, he just here he is. Maybe they have a thirty you know? second draft. No, it never happened, right? It's like that's taken away again. in the flake game. That's stripped again, right? Stripped again and the Saints just felt bad. Yeah. They felt our pain, they said, Hey, take Brandon Cooks. It's a you know what is it that word? Compensatory. Compensatory. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a compensatory player. Instead <laughs> yeah. of a pick, you know, the NFL screwed you over twice. Yeah. They screwed us over once, right? And the New Orleans understands. Oh, they yeah. screwed them over once. But the Patriots got screwed over twice. So they said, ah, take Brandon Cooks. We feel bad. Yeah. Well, you had talked about, you wanted to, and I just kind of briefly here, because we're, we're kind of getting up against it, I yeah. think. But um, you had wanted to talk to, a little bit about the uh, Adam Jones stuff that's been going on. Yeah. And, um, um, I loved that game last night. Sales good balls. We haven't had a pitcher like him in a long time. Um, I mean, it's it's blasphemy to say Pedro, but yet at the same time you watch him and it's all you can think is Pedro. Right. It, it, it's like the Pedro's the last guy we really looked forward to all of his starts. Like you would look at the schedule and you would count, you know, the the five days, you know, to see when his next start was. It's true. Yeah. My father said. My sister was over the house yesterday and said, oh, aren't the Celtics playing game two in the playoffs? Yeah. And my dad's like, oh, crap, I didn't realize I was watching sale pitch. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, that's yeah, what he's, he's focused on is Chris Sale. He's so freaking yeah. good that you can't stop watching him. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the Adam Jones thing, it's, I don't know, I go to, you know, a couple of games a year, and I'm not really surprised. And, uh, you know, people are so, like, sensitive around here about being considered a racist city and... You know, it's, it has the history, but, you know, I think, you know, the people that say, like, oh, he, he's lying or whatever, you know, it, it's like, he wouldn't just make that up. No one would make that up. But Anyone anyone that says that Adam Jones is lying about mm-hmm. that, it just has no clue about anything. No. Yeah. Just zero clue and You hear players now coming out saying anything. that they hear it all the time, and... CC Sabathia said today he expects it in Boston, and well, know, it's it's just a shame because it's like a couple of idiots that ruin it for everyone else, right? You know? And look, the, you know, CC Sabathia said I haven't heard it anywhere else in the in, in the in in the major leagues mm-hmm. except for here. Jason Hayward said he's heard it at two places, and one of them was Boston. So, you know, maybe it happens more here. I don't know. Now, I live here. I'm white, so I have no idea. Right. Right. But people take offense to it because you feel like this is my city, right? Right. If I'm living here and I love this city, and you're going to call it a racist city, well, now 
I feel like you're calling me racist. Yeah. Right? And so I understand why people get up about it. And I get up about it too because I'm like, well, wait a second. We're not racist. No. Right? But at the same time, you don't know. I don't know everyone here, obviously. Right? You can't know everyone here. And the, and the history is the history. History is what the history is. Right? Clearly, it was a racist town for sure. There's no denying that. Ask uh, Bill Russell. <laughs> I mean... Jesus Christ, the greatest player in NBA history played in Boston and was treated like shit his yeah. entire career. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's not right. Okay? And so clearly, it was obviously was a racist town. Mm -hmm. But the only question is, is it still a racist town? And I don't know the answer to that. And nobody really knows the answer to that. But the thing is, is that as a person who lives here, all I can say is, I'm not racist. Right. And I know my friends aren't racist. And I don't have any friends that are racist. I don't really know many pe any people that are racist. So that doesn't mean that there aren't racist people in Boston because there are racist people everywhere. Sorry yeah. to disappoint you. That just, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay? But anyone that sits there and says, I need proof, mm -hmm. like, shut up. You need proof. Yeah. Like, the guy's lying? Come on. Like, he's not, he's not just stirring the pot to say, well, it's racist. Like, well, whatever. Fine. Now the other guys, you want to point at you know the people on Sports Center, the guys yelling at uh, you know on Pardon the Interruption or Around the Horn or whatever, all those morons. Yeah. You want to say, well, they're just stirring the pot. They're saying, but fine, I'm all for that. That's fine. But to question a guy like Adam Jones, and especially when the Red Sox came out so steadfastly right against him, right they away. have more information than we have, yeah. and maybe they're not sharing all of it. They're coming out and supporting mm -hmm. him. Well, clearly, something must have happened, right? Mm -hmm. I will say, though, we got a nice standing ovation. Yeah, that was night. nice. Yeah. So, then Sale ruined it with the Nets. And Sale ruined it. Yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> but that's okay. But listen, you know what? That's what you need. And yeah. you know what? The thing is, is that Sale stepped off the mound to let that standing yeah. ovation happen. Yeah. So, he understood the situation. Right. He wasn't going to Adam Jones. He had nothing against Adam Jones. He wanted Machado. And he wanted Machado. <laughs> yeah. Machado's going to come at Pedroia. We're going to come at you. Yeah. And they threw your head. I don't care if they threw your head. It doesn't matter. So Dylan Bundy threw over, was it Betts, I believe, threw over Betts' head the other night? He, he got hit. No, he, I don't think he hit him. I thought he got hit the other night. Oh, maybe know. he did get hit yeah, the he got other hit night. The hip. He did get hit the other yeah. night. You're right. But on another was, pitch. I don't know if that was Bundy or not, but. It may not have been Monday. Yeah, it might no, have been we'll, a different we'll game. But later. but either way, but I know that uh, Dylan Mundy threw over somebody's head. Like, over somebody's yeah. head. And they said, well, that wasn't intentional. That was an accident. Yeah. I mean, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? He threw over his head. Now, he didn't throw it hard, right? He didn't throw it at his head, right? Like the freaking Red Sox did. And, and, I, and I, I'm, I was against that. I'm against that. You don't throw at a guy's head. It's just not right. No, you don't. You just send a message. Okay. You want to be in the guy? Fine. Yeah. You want to do what Sale did? Honestly, I don't care. I mean, why? You throw it behind the guy. Like, go F yourself. Yeah. Keep messing with us and it's see what happens. That's the best way to do it. You know? Because you scared the crap out of him and you didn't walk him. Yeah. He's not on the base path. <laughs> it's a first pitch. Yeah. And he's also not hurt. <laughs> So it's not like he doesn't—he doesn't actually feel any pain. Mm -hmm. He just has fear now. He's like, this dude's a psychopath. What the yeah. hell is he going to do to me, right? And so, and you stand up for your teammate at the same time. So, I got no problem with Chris Dale doing that. Mm -hmm. Zero problem. If the if Major League Baseball suspends him, suspend him. But if they suspend him for like six games or ten games, yeah, you're yeah. stupid. Yeah. You want to suspend him for one or two? Send a message. He doesn't miss a start. Fine. Mm 
-hmm. Like, I got no problem with that. You want to send a message to them, that's fine. Matter of fact, before we started the podcast, Gosman on the first, the first batter of the game, hit the first batter of the game. See you later. Ejected. Nice. Because they were, and it was an act. I mean, it was an accident, they said. Um, But... You know, it was on a curveball or something like that. But the curveball started out, it went straight. The curveball went yeah. straight and it was like 75 <laughs> miles an hour. But I don't care how fast it's going. You hit him. You've been warmed. You hit him. Yeah. What are you doing? You know? And so, uh, yeah, so the, uh, you, got, you got the boot in the first inning. But that's the way it goes. And so I just think, you know, the, what they have, the rivalry they have going on, the stuff they have going on. I like it. Is good yeah. and it's good for baseball mm-hmm. and it's good for the Red Sox and it's good for it's honestly it's good to have a rivalry again. It, it is. is. It's good to have a rivalry yeah. again. And again, all that is totally one hundred percent separate from the Adam Jones stuff. Adam Jones should get supported one hundred percent here. Right. Yeah. You know, not I don't care about Adam Jones the player. Like whatever. Like you want to hate Adam Jones the player? Fine. He mm-hmm. plays for another team. I don't care if you like him or not. It doesn't matter. But as a person. Yeah. You need to respect him as a person and not treat him like, you know, like some sort yeah. of asshole or whatever. So, but we'll see. But it's interesting at least now you have a rivalry with an AL East team and don't look now but the Yankees are pretty damn good. Yeah, they are. And they're young. And it looks like they're going to be good for a while and the Red Sox are young. It looks like they're going to be good for a while. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden it looks like we're going to have a Red Sox Yankees rivalry again because it's going to matter again because they're going to be playing in you know, September and October when the games really matter, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden that rivalry is going to happen again. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's good to have that back again. It'll be nice. Yeah, it'll definitely be nice. Um, so ESPN had a bunch of layoffs last week, and uh, sports media on TV is almost dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought they would be ahead of it. I thought they would be ahead of the curve. And I don't know. For me, ESPN was like. When you're a kid, you know, Sports Center, it's on like all morning, you know, on the weekends. They had great shows. And now it's. I don't like, know about you, but I would watch the same freaking episode of Sports Center like four times in a row. Oh, yeah. If I it's was like, sick or something. The same crap. It's yeah. literally exactly the same. Yeah. It's just over again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll watch these highlights again. Didn't mm-hmm. I just watch this? Oh, yeah, but I'll watch it again. What yeah. the hell? You know what I mean? And it's just. It's a shame, really. I mean, there's. You can hate on ESPN all you want for Deflategate and for, you know, caring about LeBron. Like, they'll show a Indians, you know, freaking Rangers highlight, and you'll get a tweet from LeBron about it. Like, I don't care. Just show the highlights and show me stats and whatnot. But oh. I think that that bit him in the ass. That Tebow, Johnny Football, mm-hmm. it, it, Skip Bayless, and, you know, Stephen Skip A. Skip didn't help. Yeah. It's like I saw a writer, he... He posted an article about how, you know, ESPN cuts all of these good writers, good hardworking writers, but they keep Stephen A. Smith for three and a half million a year. So, I believe, I believe, his show is the lowest rated show on television. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's one. If it's not, it's up because there. They, that's, you know, they they should have been ahead of the curve on this, and not just with like streaming and. You know what's killing them is the internet, what, what like most things. But you know you think they'd be ahead of that. It, it's just it's surprising. It's a shame, really, because they cut baseball tonight. Now that's just going to be the pregame show. They're going to focus on the NBA, which as much as I love the NBA, I you know it's ESPN. It's a worldwide leader. Got to yeah. focus on other sports. And I know they hate hockey and 
That's a shame, but I can. They cut I'm, I'm okay whole, getting hockey elsewhere. They cut their whole staff, didn't they? Except for pretty Barry much, Melrose. Pretty gotta much. keep Barry Melrose yeah, on the staff. Yeah, gotta keep Barry Melrose. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a shame, really. I mean, sports on TV, it looks a lot different now, and Fox Sports One sucks. Yeah. NBC Sports Network does good NHL coverage, but um, they need more. But uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it's it's a shame for. For sports media, I guess. It's definitely... Well, it feels like a giant of the industry yeah. taking a huge blow mm-hmm. at at a time when you thought, you know, sports, like, runs the day everywhere. Yeah. But they're just not... And, and you're so totally right. They're just behind the curve on things, right? And they keep Stephen A. Smith. And the reason they keep him is because they want the clicks, Right, they it's want the two minute clips. You get that's on what they want, right? So the two minute clicks on Twitter and YouTube, but and that makes you money, I guess, but it doesn't make you TV money. No, and so nobody wants to watch that on television. Well, they spent too much money on the NBA and, right. and getting the rights for that when they didn't really have to. Right. You know. And well, and this is and what they're going to morph into, and you know, I know that they they're going to do a lot of basketball. They're going to morph into a second NFL network. Mm-hmm. And they can't compete with the NFL Network. They no. can't. And so, if you're gonna just do NFL and NBA, well, how the hell are you gonna survive on just the NFL and the NBA? You yeah. just you're not going to. And at a certain point, you're gonna have to look at it and say, "What the hell? What the hell are we doing?" Right. You know. And so, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. But you're totally right. I mean, you know, they're definitely behind the curve, and that's really the biggest. Surprise is you would think they'd have guys saying, "Hey, look, we need to get out ahead of whatever this is, yeah, and do it." You know, they were the first. I mean, their I think that their fantasy sports grew really fast, and they've done a really good job. I think Matthew Barry does a fantastic job yeah. with with the fantasy sports, and then you know, and I think their app is far and away light years better than any app out there. And it's yeah, not even close, yeah. you know. And so, so you look at that and say, okay, they're crushing it on the fantasy app, crushing everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a Yahoo and I have a CBS Sports. CBS Sports, you pay to be on CBS Sports, and I think the app blows. Yeah, I think Yahoo, it sucks. I think Yahoo and sucks. Yahoo's the worst. Yahoo is terrible. Mm-hmm. There, so. You look at it and you just say, the ESPN one's so easy. You can get all the information you need. You can do player searches really easy. Yeah. You can look at, you know, they have the home screen where they have relevant, you know, things that are there. They have they have charts. They have top, you know, 100 rankings. They have yeah. articles. They have everything. So everything that you want is right there in front of you. The app is killer. And so you'd say, well, these guys are crushing it. But then... And as far as where they're going and morphing and moving, they're so far behind the curve in, you know, you know, they have, what, ESPN 3 or something like that? Yeah, that's their online. That's the online one, right? You would think they would have pushed that. Yeah. That that would have been their big push, right? So subscribe to this, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of of having it on TV, instead of having it on TV, you can subscribe only to ESPN 3. And then, you know, we'll run a bunch of different shows through there and then we can streaming and we can live stream mm-hmm. games and we can do you would think that they would have done something like that and they never did. Yeah. Whether they didn't have the foresight to do it, whether they didn't have the go ahead I don't know why. 
But you would think that they would have done that, and that would have put them a little bit ahead of the curve. So now people are paying attention and trying to catch up to ESPN again instead of the other way around. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, though, like no one's really ahead of the curve, though, when it comes to that. I mean, well, all online, but well, in a way, like Twitter and right. You know, what is it? Amazon streaming the NFL games this year, I think. Uh, Amazon, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. But as far as like, I don't know, ESPN, like they. They spent a lot of money on on the college football championship game when they have they have it on like every channel and yes. they do like the the coverage where you watch people watch the game. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> people like, do it. Gee, I wonder why they they're yeah. going down the shitter. So. I just yeah, I mean it's stuff like that where you look at Well, I think it's because when you're in an industry like that, you're stuck in that industry. Mm-hmm. TV guys are stuck on television. Yeah. They don't want to branch out past television. They don't want to do it. Now, maybe they will, but they really don't want to. Yeah. Right? HBO, I mean, HBO is the first real station to do that. Right? HBO has HBO Now. Right? I believe Mm -hmm. it's HBO Now. And you can pay an HBO Now subscription, which means you don't have an HBO account. You turn on your television, you don't have HBO on your television. Yeah, right. But if you pull up your app, you have HBO on your app. You can watch live television. You can mm-hmm. watch everything. So they're offering basically their channel just on your app. Yeah. Which is so far above and beyond what anyone else is doing that you're like, holy crap. And and thousands and thousands of people are doing it. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But those... The people that are on television, those television people, they're thinking, how can we make television better? You're, you don't get it. Right. You you've can't make television you can. better. You, you've gone as far as you can. Yeah. You're oversaturated. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just like the freaking newspaper guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just hanging in there with the newspaper. Like, no, dude, newspaper's gone. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but in 10 years, in five years, maybe, there's going to be no more newspapers. As much as I love newspapers, I... Honestly, I've bought like three this year. It's not going to exist. <laughs> I get the Sunday morning paper from the Globe every week. Yeah. You know how many times I've read it? Probably zero. zero yeah. That would be zero. <laughs> My father comes over and says, let me take the sports page. I'm like, go ahead. It's Monday. <laughs> I still haven't looked at it. Like, you know, it's just, that's the way it is, yeah. you know? My dad's 64. Like, that's, those are the people that read the newspaper. Right. I'm sorry, but we don't read the newspaper. It's the way it goes. Because I can get all those stories online. So yeah. why the hell would I get a newspaper if I can read all the stories online? Yeah. But they're locked into, got to get the newspapers out. Got to get yeah. the newspapers out. Got to get the newspapers out. Got to get the newspapers out. And meanwhile, like, the circulation's a joke. What, what I don't get is, like, why would ESPN think that we care so much about Tebow and Manziel and LeBron? I mean, I, they, what they're trying to do is tr- they're trying to make new stars. Well, but they should focusing on <coughs> trying to make a new Stuart Scott or a new Dan Patrick or and that's really what they're missing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that they're missing and they don't get it. They don't right. understand that. For some reason they don't get that. I can't name anyone on the sports center. Zero. Yeah. Zero of them. And every now and again you'll see like John Butchergrass will come across yeah, yeah. or Scott Van Pelt will come. But like that's it. Other right. than those guys, I'm like... I know I'm, them because they've been around for 20 And years. that's the thing, right? And every now and again, like, some guy, and I'll be like, oh, I recognize that guy. Yeah. I don't know his name, but he's I recognize him. Right? right, right. <laughs> Something like that, you know? So it, it's just... 
you know, you instead of building those guys up, because those guys were the guys, man. Mm-hmm. When you watched ESPN, you watched it for the Coles, for yeah. the Angers, because they were making all the they funny the things. Phrases, and they, they had the Seinfeld references, yeah. and they had the Family Guy references, and they had everything else. And they were hitting on everything. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, nah, eh. Yeah. It's just not good anymore. No. And so, uh, yeah, ESPN is, is dead. I can't yeah. say I'm shedding many tears about it, but... But they better keep running the goddamn fantasy app because because <laughs> I still gotta have that in my life. Yeah. So they better run it, or maybe they don't have to run it. Just Yahoo's better improve their freaking app, okay? <laughs> so you know, either one would be fine yeah. with me, I suppose. All right, well that's it, I guess. Yeah. Right, I guess we're done. Yeah, I think we've covered so, all the bases. The uh, pilot episode. Hopefully, we get picked up for another one mm-hmm. by who? No, hell no, it was yeah. us, I guess. Right? No one's paying us to do this, so here we are. So, anyways, listen. If you ever want to send us an email, send us an email anytime you want. It's Weekend War Pod. So the spelling of weekend, no E's. So it's weekend with no E's. So W K N D War Pod, W A R P O D, at gmail.com. Okay. Twitter, find us on Twitter. Same Twitter handle, at Weekend War Pod. Again, no E's in weekend. So at W K N D W A R P O D. Okay. Anyways, hopefully we'll see you next week or whenever we decide to make another one. Yeah, probably next week. Probably next week. All do right. we think? Right? Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. See you later. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.